Hello, everybody. You are listening to International Tales. A long bow story, translated by Andrew Lang, narrated by Barra Savastano, with David Loftus. One day, a bunia or banker was walking along a country road when he overtook a farmer going in the same direction. Now, the bunia was very greedy, like most of his class, and was lamenting that he had had no chance of making any money that day. But at the sight of the farmer in front of him, he brightened up wonderfully. That is a piece of luck, he said to himself. Let me see if this farmer is not good for something. And he hastened his steps. After they had politely bid one another good day, the bunia said to the farmer, I was just thinking how lonely I felt. But when I beheld you, since we are going the same direction, I shall find the road quite short in such agreeable company. With all my heart, replied the farmer. But what shall we talk about? A city man like you would not care to hear about cattle and crops. I'll tell you what we will do, said the bunia. We will each tell the other the wildest tale we can imagine, and he who first throws doubt on the other's story shall pay him a hundred rupees. To this the farmer agreed, and begged the bunia to begin, as he was the bigger man of the two. And privately he made up his mind that, however improbable it might be, Nothing should induce him to hint that he did not believe in the bunia's tale. Thus, politely pressed, the great man started. I was going along this road one day, when I met a merchant traveling with a great train of camels laden with merchandise. Very likely, murmured the farmer. I've seen that kind of thing myself. No less than one hundred and one camels, continued the bunia, all tied together by their nose strings, nose to tail, and stretching along the road for almost half a mile. Well, said the farmer, well, a kite swooped down on the foremost camel and bore him off, struggling into the air, and by reason of them all being tied together, the other hundred camels had to follow. Amazing, the strength of that kite, said the farmer. But, well, yes, doubtless, yes, uh, well, one hundred and one camels, uh, and what did he do with them? You doubt it? demanded the bunia. Not a bit, said the farmer heartily. Well, continued the bunia. It happened that the princess of a neighboring kingdom was sitting in her private garden, having her hair combed by her maid, and she was looking upward with her head thrown back, while the maid tugged away at the comb, when that wretched kite with its prey, went soaring overhead, and, as luck would have it, the camels gave an extra kick. Just then the kite lost his hold, and the whole hundred and one camels dropped right into the princess's left eye. Poor thing, said the farmer. It's so painful having anything in one's eye. Well, said the bunia, who was now warming to his task. The princess shook her head and sprang up, clapping her hand on her eye. Oh, dear, she cried, I've got something in my eye, and how it does smart. It always does, observed the farmer. Perfectly true. Well, what did the poor thing do? At the sound of her cries, the maid came running to her assistance. Let me look, said she, 
and with that she gave the princess's eyelid a twitch, and out came a camel, which the maid put in her pocket. Eh? grunted the farmer. And then she just twisted up the corner of her headcloth and fished a hundred more of them out of the princess's eye and popped them all into her pocket with the other. Here, Lebunia gasped as one who was out of breath, but the farmer looked at him slowly. Well, said he, uh, I can't think of anything more now, replied the Bunia. Besides, that is the end. What do you say to it? Wonderful, replied the farmer, and no doubt perfectly true. Well, it is your turn, said the Bunia. I am so anxious to hear your story, I am sure it would be very interesting. Yes, I think it will, answered the farmer, and he began. My father was a very prosperous man. Five cows he had, and three yoke of oxen, and half a dozen buffaloes, and goats in abundance. But of all his possessions, the thing he loved best was a mare. A well-bred mare she was. Oh, a very fine mare. Yes, yes, interrupted the boonie. Get on. I'm getting on, said the farmer. Don't you hurry me. Well, one day... As ill luck would have it, he rode that mare to market with a torn saddle, which galled her so that when they got home she had a sore on her back as big as the palm of your hand. Yes, said the Bunia impatiently. What next? It was June, said the farmer. And you know how in June the air is full of dust storms with rain at times. Well, the poor beast got dust in that wound, and what's more with the dust, some grains of wheat, and... What with the dust and the heat and the wet, that wheat sprouted and began to grow. Wheat does when it gets a fair chance, said the Bunia. Yes, and the next thing we knew was that there was a crop of wheat on that horse's back as big as anything you ever saw in a hundred-acre field, and we had to hire twenty men to help reap it. One generally has to hire extra hands for reaping, said the Bunia. And we got five hundred mons of wheat off that mare's back, continued the farmer. Mm, good crop, murmured the Bunia. And your father, said the farmer. Poor wretch, with hardly enough to keep body and soul together, the Bunia snorted, but was silent, came to my father, and he said, putting his hands together as humble as could be. The Bunia here flashed a furious glance at his companion, but bit his lips and held his peace. I haven't tasted food for a week. Oh, great master, let me have the loan of sixteen mounds of wheat from your store, and I will repay you. Certainly, neighbor, answered my father. Take what you need, and repay it as you can. Well, demanded the Bunia, with fury in his eye. Well, he took the wheat away with him, replied the farmer. But he never repaid it, and it's a debt to this day. Sometimes I wonder whether I shall not go to law about it. Then the Bunia began running his thumb quickly up and down the fingers of his right hand, and his lips moved in quick calculation. What is the matter? asked the farmer. The wheat is the cheaper. I'll pay you for the wheat, said the Bunia, with the calmness of despair, as he remembered that by his own arrangement he was bound to give the farmer a hundred rupees. And to this day, they say in those parts, when a man owes a debt, Give me the money. Or if not that, give me at least the wheat. Wheat.